discussion boards, podcasts, green screens, and blogs. We all have our favorite ways of helping students make their thinking visible. Thanks for listening in to the Teach Fest podcast, where we explore our successes and sometimes our failures with EdTech in the classroom. Each week, we will toss about ideas and share what we are learning as we work towards our goal of reaching every child, every day, in every way. Welcome to the Teach Fest podcast, episode five. Today I'm joined by Sean Metz, science coordinator, ed tech integrator extraordinaire, and tech mentor at Brighton High School. Sean has some great ideas to share about how he keeps his high school students engaged by incorporating gamified learning into the learning environment. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Mike, thanks for having me. I'm excited to hear what you've learned uh, about Kahoot with your high school kids. So tell me, what is Kahoot and uh, how does it work? Uh, Sure. Um, So in short, Kahoot is uh, a banks of questions, multiple choice questions, and the students would sign in to play the Kahoot as a game. Uh, They can either use cell phones um, or they can use their tablets, any kind of technology. The questions play up on the board or throughout another medium for them. And then they have 15 seconds to answer each question. And they're, the Kahoot is set up. So as they're answering these questions, it's a, it's a competition. So at the end of each question, it tells them uh, kind of who's in the lead, you know, who's getting quite, who got five questions ro- uh, right. And it becomes a game. And so the kids are competing as a game. Um, they don't necessarily see what they're scoring, um, all that information is private. It just kind of keeps a tally of your top five performers. But there's so many different banks of questions with the Kahoot that any topic that we'd be teaching, uh, a quick search in Kahoot, and we have sometimes 10 to 15 different banks of questions, either 10 questions or 30 questions on that particular topic. Um, and sometimes there's a video, sometimes there's a picture to go along with the question, but it's, it's really well done and really well put together and the kids seem to really enjoy it. Are these questions that are already in existence in Kahoot in a library? Can you create your own questions as well? How does that work? You know, I, uh, I'm going to have to tell you, I assume you can create your own. Uh, there's such, there, there's so many questions that are directly related to your topic that you put in. I've never needed to take the time to write my own questions. You know, I, I've spent time shopping through each of the Kahoots to make sure the questions applied, but for regions earth science, many uh, of the questions are regions-based questions. So they read very similar to what a New York State regions physical setting earth science question would read like. You know, even some of these questions are written, so students need to access the reference tables to answer them. So I, I've never needed to even take the time to write my own questions because whatever I would have written already exists. The, the documents and the pictures, I mean, it's all been done. So it takes a lot of work out um, and allows you to focus on really more of the data collection you know, if you're looking to spend your time and, and use it as kind of a, you know, a formative assessment, it's, I, I'd rather spend my time looking at the data it collects rather than write the question myself when the questions are already there. That sounds like an incredible time saver then. Is there a cost involved? I'm using a free version. Uh, so every time I, I logged in, I logged in with my school email and I've never paid anything. And I, I believe that there's a couple different programs, you know, like if you pay this much, you get this. Uh, but I've gotten a lot of mileage out of the, the free version of this. So the freemium version sounds like it's pretty feature packed. 
Yeah. And I just, I'm sure those are great features. I just haven't, it's served a, a great purpose for me and, and fulfilled a need, I guess, for, for kind of digital and formative assessments, particularly on our asynchronous days or our remote Wednesdays. So uh, it sounds like the kids, you had mentioned a little bit earlier, the kids think that it's, they're playing a game. It's, it's really just sort of fun. Uh, what are the benefits you found from gamifying this approach to your classroom setting? If it didn't have the game aspect to it, it would just be like answering questions like any other day. But adding that kind of game sense to it, it really, it, it, a lot of students, they're paying attention, but their, their level of attention is that much higher. And they, you know, they're really looking to kind of move themselves around the board and, and they're just, it's, it's almost like, you know, for, even for students that are normally focused, they're almost hyper-focused because if it's a game, it's a competition. And that, it just, it just pushes them a little bit more. It also just makes it fun as the teacher is just to say, oh, well, all right, we've got, you know, and you can give some, some kind of some virtual high fives, like, hey, great job. You're doing a nice job. You guys are all doing fantastic. You know, so-and-so, you just answered three in a row. That's fantastic. Great work. And you're just, you're just kind of reinforcing what they're doing well anyways. So I, I like that, that aspect of it. I mean, it's, it's like anything else. I think when you make it a contest, people tend to push a little bit harder and, and that's just our natural instinct. Do students participate uh, individually? Do you, can you put them in teams to work? How does that play out? Uh, you can, there is an option for teams. I've never, I've never used that, you know, for the most part this year, I've used it on the remote Wednesdays. You know, part of it was, I just wanted to break up their Wednesdays and try and give them something that was worth their while. So, you know, we will play Kahoot on Wednesdays. It, it allows me to, I'm still giving them some direct instruction because I talk through the questions um, and you can, in the game kind of, you move the game along at whatever pace you want. So I can stop the game at any point and just say, Hey, if, if it looks like a lot of you missed this question, cause it gives you a, a feedback on who, you know, how many people uh, clicked correct and how many people click this particular wrong answer. So if I see at any one point that, you know, majority may have clicked the wrong answer and I understand why they made that mistake. It gives me an opportunity to talk through why that happened. So even though we're playing a game on Wednesday, it's still a kind of a direct instruction, but it's still a game with kind of layers of direct instruction uh, in. So I think to answer your question, I've never really, I'm sure you could do it as a team. Uh, I've just I've never used it for that. I like, I like the trickery aspect of it uh, a little bit, you know, where they don't really realize that they're learning, but they're actually, you know, getting new information and then, and then working in a competitive environment to, to share what they've learned as well. What do you need to have in order to make Kahoot work? You know, it's, it's, Really nothing. I mean, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say nothing. Everything that we already have at our uh, disposal is what you need. So um, you need to log into Kahoot. And on the virtual Wednesdays, it's really easy. It's just make sure you're sharing your screen and the kids see it and they go. It gives you a an access code. to every, As you start each new game, it gives you an access code. Um, and the students type that access code in and away they go. You know, we make sure that the kids put their... Um, you know, the they're real, real names in, or it'll give you, you know, if they put a, a, a fictitious name uh, in there, then you don't really know who's playing. But uh, yeah, you haven't put the, the real names in. And so you've got some data sets. And as long as they have a device in front of them and can see the board or can view it through you sharing a screen through Zoom or Schoology Conference, you're off and running. So that's it. No special tools needed. That's fantastic. I'm loving this. Obviously, we're in COVID right now, so we've got kids out of the building on Wednesdays. We have some kids that are uh, in the building with you and other kids that might be home and then Zooming into a class. You know, there are a lot of different configurations. Uh, hopefully, we won't be in this much longer. Do you see an application of Kahoot 
once we get back to our normal operation? You know, I absolutely do. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, we particularly need to do for the Regents course is we just have to review questions. And so some of my least favorite lessons is just practicing multiple choice type questions or written response questions, and then going over the answers. And by cahooting it and doing those same questions, but kind of putting in that game format, talking through the answers, looking at reference tables, if, if we're missing questions, you know, it, it livens up the classroom. Um, it just adds a, a, you know, again, like I said, they're just more apt to pay attention to every detail. And, and, and if we say, Hey, I, you know, this is going to be a question coming up. We're going to give you, you know, we're going to practice these questions, but in Kahoot form, I think the students get tend to get more excited about it. I mean, they, they can get bored with practice, but we know we need to practice and we need to, we need to work through the language of those questions and where to find extract that information. It's something that we need to do, but this gives us another way to do it that the kids appreciate. And right now they don't have a problem. You know, they, they're, it's not one of those things I think they dread. I think it's something they look forward to. So as a teacher, you set up an account. It sounds like the students don't need an account. They just get an access code to whatever game you've selected for them. And then they get to use the, they can use their laptop from the school and that's pretty much all they need, right? That's it. Do you have any advice for any of our listeners who might want to try Kahoot in their own classroom? Yeah. I, you know, one thing I said, I've always said, you know, let make sure you tell the students that they have to use their real names. That way they, because they, you know, as soon as they type it in, it appears up on the board. And so sometimes kids have a tendency to want to put something in, uh, you know, their nickname or, or, and so we haven't put their real names in, or at least if they don't want to put their real names in because they don't want their, don't want their information, we'll tell them to use a, a four digit number code that they can choose. That's fine with us. You know, we can figure it out. That's the only advice. It's the only thing that I can think of. You know, it's, it's worked really well. Um, there are times that I go back through the data. I spend time going back through and making sure that kids are answering all the questions. And once in a while, you might find a student that logged into Coop, but didn't quite play the game. So I would check in with them and just say, hey, what, what happened? Like, you know, you saw, I saw you missed a couple questions here. Do you want to come and review? Um, and I think they quickly are like, okay, that, that usually doesn't happen again. Uh, but just like anything else, sometimes you can assign something or give students something to work on and somebody may have something else that they feel like they is more, more pressing at the time. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it generates so much data for you to look at. It's, it's worth our time to go back and look at that and just say, you know, if there's a student that's struggling and just reach out and say, Hey, I saw you got some of these questions wrong. And then they, then they know you're looking at it. Um, I would use that as some advice too. That's really helped me to, again, just, just, Spend some time looking at how kids answered questions. Don't just play the game and be done with it. Go back and look through and see how they see how they're playing the game and see, you know, where we're missing questions. And it can help help you build review as a teacher. And just, again, trying to connect with kids if there's a possibility of some of the kids that, you know, may not have answered all the questions. Well, it sounds like not only is this a great engagement tool, it's also a really powerful formative assessment tool uh, for you in the classroom as well. So, uh, thank you so much. Uh, and Sean, thanks for taking time out of your busy day. I know you have a million things going on today, but thanks for taking time to share your experiences with Kahoot. Uh, as always, I appreciate you. I appreciate your enthusiasm and your innovative spirit. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Teach Fest podcast. I hope you found today's insights helpful and relevant to your classroom practice. This episode's theme music is an original composition by Brighton High School junior Lily Odehambo. Many thanks to Lily for her work to create this beautiful piece. And Strews, 
you rock. Mark your calendars. This year's TeachFest conference is scheduled for Wednesday, July 7th, and will feature a full day of sessions designed to support your professional development with ideas just like the one you heard today. In the meantime, keep on innovating. <laughs>